0: Everybody This is Apologies Accepted the, the podcast. podcast and I'm not Theo today.
1: And for the one hundredth time, I am not Juliet.
0: Yay, it's our one hundredth episode. Happy Who Happy One Hundredth birthday, everybody.
1: Everybody. Happy one hundredth birthday anniversary to you, you Juliet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like hundred episodes, although has it so Just does that not. mean it's been two years?
1: Um, close enough. Almost. in December I think it was October it will
0: that we be. Started? Oh, December.
1: Well, there's when we started recording, and then there's when we started publishing, and oh, so okay, I'll just go by the publication date, and so we really are looking at like December. Very um, cool. But either way, um, iTunes says it's a hundred.
0: Yay! Yay! hundred. So we were going to wear masks, but that didn't really work out. We were going to do a live and wear masks. Obviously, we could be wearing masks right now, and no one would ever know. But um. <laughs> <It's> True.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, but, we are wearing masks now. Yes, of course. We're just not recording.
0: And uh, we decided not to do it that way, so we're just doing a special episode, um, the worst episode ever of the worst apologies that we have discussed in our opinions, um,
1: Right, and then we're gonna make take those apologies and make them even writer,
0: even writer <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, so
1: that go ahead. oh, I was gonna say we had a lot of well, we didn't have a lot. We had a couple of ideas about like what we should do, but none of them felt real exciting, and so we decided to make it Brent's problem and uh-huh. so we said Brent, what are we gonna do for a hundredth episode? And he had the great idea of going back and revisiting poor apologies and dusting them off and making them better, right? Yes. And so, terrific. But I, I mention all that to say that this show would not exist without Brent.
0: No. In more ways than one, the show would not exist without Brent. So, we're very fortunate to have Brent. And I'm fortunate to have Brent as my husband. So, there we go. Brent's just a blessing all around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't mean, I'm not laughing at, at the greatest of Brent
0: <laughs> We love Brent <clears throat> Yes um, I was going to mention That I'm super tired today And this is a good time To mention that That's right um, <laughs> It's Shake It
1: Bacon A hundred episodes <laughs> in Bacon
0: And you 100. think 100th What's Shaken Bacon, more or less, because we didn't really start doing What's and Bacon until later on. But um, but you would think we would remember how to do it. So I'm super tired today because, oh my god, shocking news. Brent and I went to a concert last night. Um, it was a band called Heilung, which is, they call themselves an experimental folk music band, which doesn't really, to me, describe what they really are, which is they're kind of a bunch of Vikings with uh, antlers on and weird fur-type outfits, and they play drums and dance around and do all kinds of weird things what you're holding your I need up. to
1: go to see that I what a cool awesome show that must have been
0: it is kind of cool i was bored but i mean (laughs) the drumming was really good and the music was good it was just the kind of thing that i'm not into that kind of thing like i mean i'm just not into that kind of thing so it it seemed kind of silly to me but they were really into it and they really did a good job with what they were doing and the music was good so i'm going to listen to the music um but i don't really need to see people dancing around in
1: antlers Oh, see, that's what I need. I need <laughs> the Viking outfits and I need all of the jumping around. And that they're sounds from, so cool. How could you have been bored? I would I'm, have been
0: hypnotized. Because I'm, people I'm doing? no fun, basically. <laughs> 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 um, they're from Finland and they base a lot of it off of German folk, I guess, music and folk. Songs and folk information, so it's um, it's very cool. And they, Bro, was telling me that they make a point to say that they're not fascist and they're not, you know, even though they're. Oh. The, they're Germanic, they're not related Or don't identify with the, the right wing at all So it's nice to know that that's the case um, But we went to the, the It was at the um, the Warfield Which has seats, which is nice <laughs> So we got to sit oh, yes. down
1: <laughs> The big complaint from last episode Going to concerts going and to having to
0: stand Because uh, I'm 55 people I'm done standing at concerts now um, I've put, put in my time I'm old, I deserve to have a seat
1: The symphony but awaits
0: I can really appreciate the um, artistic merits of what happened last night. And I'm glad that I went. And I would go again, actually. Um, But uh, it was was like two hours long. So that wasn't too bad. It wasn't too long. Uh, We kind of left before they finished. So they might have done some encores or something that we missed. But uh, really, overall, I'd say I really enjoyed it. And it was worthwhile.
1: I need to know, how soon into the show did you leave? You left before it was over.
0: It was almost over.
1: It was oh, okay, over. all right. Th- so this wasn't a like middle of the show sort no, of. A-
0: I wasn't. I didn't pull on Brent's sleeve and be like, "Can we leave? I'm bored." Although it was kind of like that. <laughs>
1: This is too German for me
0: <laughs> This is too German for me But they, at one point they had fire on stage Like antlers that were lit on fire How? How were you born? Stuff. There was fire, antlers
1: on fire
0: <laughs> You should go They're probably coming to Austin oh, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I, I, would, I would pay I'll for your ticket I'll go with chicken. Brent
1: to the next
0: okay. show Okay, <laughs> I'll fly you out here To go to the next one with Brent I'll wear a mask so, so he go. won't
1: know It's not you <laughs>
0: no he would love to go with you I think that would be fun and I'll stay home and I'll make cookies or something like a
1: good wife (laughs) perfect okay great
0: (laughs) so that's really the excitement of my week Um, coming up next weekend we're going to Big Sur which is if you don't know about it, it's a coastal area um, along the Pacific, and it's it's sort of remote. It takes some driving to get to, and it's 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 about half an hour from Carmel, but it's a windy road, and, and it's there's just not, not a whole lot there. There's some nice hotels and some nice restaurants, and people live there, so there must be a grocery store somewhere, although I've never found one. Um, but it's beautiful, that's the thing. It's up cliffs, and you've got the ocean and the cliffs and a lot of greenery, and it's just gorgeous. So we're going to go stay, I think, three nights Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, and, uh, eat somewhere and chill out and just enjoy life without, um, without even the dog. So it'll be very relaxing. Looking forward to it.
1: Oh, that sounds amazing. It How really about you? Does.
0: What's shaking bacon?
1: Oh my God. Nothing. It has been <laughs> so boring. I was complaining to you pre-show that like, um, absolutely nothing Friday. I mean, work, you know, of course there was sure. tons of work. Friday had what I call a Long Beach night where I stayed home and I bought a bottle of wine. Nice. And so I had a couple of glasses of wine, um, nice. which is something I haven't done since August. But really? since, I, since my hair transplant, because they said stay away from no alcohol. alcohol. Yeah. It, you know, it's not good for transplants and wait a week. And I was like, I'll wait for a while because, you know, it'll help me like lose weight. That'll be good. And I don't have to put any effort into not drinking and the weight will just kind of fall off. And so that's been the case for like the last four, five, six weeks, wherever yeah. long it's been. And Cool. So I bought wine and I was like, oh, this will be great. I'm going to bake my bread and I'm going to drink some wine. And I've got to say. I didn't enjoy the wine, and I feel like the superpower has been robbed from me. Do you think it was just bad wine? No, I actually bought... It wasn't expensive. It was $23. But as somebody who buys a $4 bottle of wine at Trader Joe's, $23 is like, that's five bottles of cherry blossom. (laughs) That's a a week's worth of drinking right there.
0: That's five Um, times better than Trader Joe's.
1: Right. And... um, yeah, the wine was fine. I just I just wasn't into it. It was sort of like, hmm. eh, meh, all right. I mean, eh, nice, but eh. And so I do feel cheated and robbed. Um, it is hopefully. kind of funny.
0: As that now that I've stopped drinking for the most part, since Brent is sober, and he has been sober for, I think, eight years now. He's going to be uh-huh. mad at me that I don't know how long it's been. But I think it's eight years. Um and i really haven't been drinking the most most of that time except very occasionally like once every month every, every month once every 6 months <laughs> or so once every night um, i don't really enjoy wine anymore either so much it has to be a really good glass of glass of wine for me to really appreciate it so it's uh it must be a taste bud thing i don't know
1: well yeah i mean um it wasn't so much the taste although the first taste was like ooh there's a lot of alcohol in this wow it's been a while um but it was just more like the 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 feeling of the experience was uh-huh. gone. You know, yeah. it's not that like I always felt so sophisticated whenever I had wine, but I always felt so sophisticated whenever <laughs> I had wine, like, uh-huh. you know, break out the cheese and bread and fruit and how lovely, right? So um, no, and fine. But that reminds me, I know it's not a great story. It's a tragic story, but... Um, I have a friend who has a best friend, and the best friend is an attorney, and her husband's an attorney. And the husband went into a, a sobriety thing and has been sober for 20 years until his wife found out, no, he has not been sober for 20 years. He's been secretly drinking in the basement. No. Uh-huh. Every Every night for the last 20 years, he would go down in the basement to work, and while he was working... He was also drinking and that came up and they almost got a divorce over it but then they didn't and then I don't know what happened because my friend's not friends with that friend anymore and it was like okay that was bad but yeah so so bad um
0: god that's like your worst nightmare uh, on both sides well you have to hide your drinking like that and that you have to and that someone has been lying to you about it that's terrible
1: yeah yeah it was it was we don't have a
0: basement though so I don't need to worry about Brent drinking
1: it was a real downer Which is why my friend Broke up with her friend Because you're too depressing for me <laughs> No, that's not what happened at all That's not what happened at all But um, yes And I joined Brent in sobriety I am California sober I only drink wine and marijuana That's all okay. I do
0: There you go
1: Yeah That's awesome um, So yeah, otherwise A big nothing week Like that was it I baked bread and I drank wine And I found the wine to be Meh, disappointing
0: Oh well so,
1: yeah. None last night. Shocker.
0: That's amazing. When does um uh James come back from his trip?
1: James comes back next Saturday. Okay. And so and you know Monday through Friday it's like busy work and yeah. all that. So it, so that's nothing but I'm not used to being bored. I'm used to really entertaining myself yeah. and finding delight in everything I do and <laughs> Uh, and Friday, that was the case. I had a wonderful time by myself Friday night. But Saturday, it was like I cannot find anything fun to do at all.
0: Aww.
1: And right, and you're talking about somebody who can amuse himself in a paper bag. Like <laughs> I have no problem coming up with fun things for me to do. They're not fun for other people. But yeah, so just not into it today. It's like I don't even think scrubbing the floor is going to cheer me up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that guy in Palm Springs, I think his name is Jim Lanahan is, I think that's Jim Lanahan is going to, um, put up his TikToks on thrift shopping now because he, he goes thrift shopping every Saturday. So at least you can look forward to that TikTok of thrift shopping in Palm Springs.
1: That is great. And I am following him already. Awesome. And when I move to Palm Springs, I will find him and and I will be like, please go shopping with me. Yes. (laughs)
0: It makes me want to go thrift shopping in Palm Springs. And and there's absolutely nothing in this house that I need uh, for this house. I have got everything plus. And I found a pair of chairs that I wanted the other day. And I'm like, I have nowhere to put these chairs. Do not buy these chairs, Juliet. Do not buy these chairs. And I did did not buy buy these chairs. No, I almost did. But I told Brent that I want to buy these chairs. And he's like, we have nowhere to put them. So then I was embarrassed.
1: Well, if you buy another house, right?
0: Yeah, for the chairs.
1: Then you'll have, right, buy another house for the chairs. (laughs)
0: Our neighbor is selling their our HOA neighbor is selling their place, and the house is, is valued a little bit less than the last condo that sold here. So I'm thinking yeah. the values are going down, even in San Francisco.
1: They're going um, down.
0: It's interesting. I, I even saw on you know I, I look at at what is it Redfin and and uh-huh. uh, Zillow whatever, Zillow and whatnot for um houses that I want to buy in my imagination and um there there is a house here that actually in San Francisco actually got marked down to a lower price which I have not seen ever so um that's amazing but weird weird times
1: it's um well I be homes were overpriced thanks to the pandemic yeah people weren't selling and not making as as much as people were making massive life changes in their careers. Uh, and moving remotely To work remotely Or moving mm-hmm. from New York City To a small town Everybody sort of moved back To where they wanted to be I think and so Yeah it's, And I, the short version Of a long story Is home prices Are starting to come down Because More homes Are on the market And buyers Aren't really buying Because they recognize That home values Are overpriced Welcome to our real estate podcast, everybody.
0: Yeah. <laughs> our financial slash real estate podcast. Um, all right. So I think that's it. Yeah, for, let's get to it. For breaking, breaking bacon. <laughs> breaking bacon. <laughs> Um, For our 100th episode, we are doing um, the 100, not the 100 worst apologies, (laughs) (laughs) the worst apologies that we have dealt with um, in our 100 episodes. So my first one that I picked out because it was one of my favorite bad apologies was Better.com. And um, I think I I related to it just having worked in business or whatever for a a while, as anyone who's had a job for the last 20 or 30 years um, will also relate to uh, some of the stuff that went on with Better.com. So if you remember the earlier episode from December 2021, so around this time, more or less last year, um, Better.com, who is a mortgage lender valued at $6.9 billion at that time, announced some layoffs, and their founder and CEO, Vishal Garg, whose equity in the company was estimated at at least a billion dollars, delivered a short speech informing employees that they were being terminated. And his speech, in my opinion, came off as self-centered and self-serving. He said, in part, this isn't news that you're going to want to hear, but ultimately it was my decision and I wanted you to hear from me. It's been a really, really challenging decision to make. This is the second time in my career I'm doing this and I do not want to do this. The last time I did it, I cried. This time, I hope to be stronger. We are laying off about 15% of the company for a number of reasons, the market, efficiency and performances and productivity. If you're on this call, you are part of the unlucky group that is being laid off. So you can see that it was all all about him and how he felt about giving the layoff notice. And, you know, he's done it before and he cried the last time he did it. And this time he hopes he doesn't cry because it's all about him and how he feels, not about the people who are being laid off. And during a separate call with um, employees who made it past the layoffs about half an hour after the layoff call, he got even meaner and he said, you will not be allowed to fail twice. You will be encouraged to fail once, but not allowed to fail twice. Non-meeting deadlines will not be acceptable. He told remaining staff that he was trying to create Better 2.0 with a leaner, meaner, hungrier workforce. The company had hired the wrong people and had lost $100 million the previous quarter, he said. Soon after that, um, he actually went to the anonymous tech company focused social media forum called Blind to criticize the laid off employees, saying that, quote, at least 250 of the people terminated were working an average of two hours a day while clocking in eight hours plus a day in the payroll system. They were stealing from you and stealing from our customers who pay the bills that pay our bills. Get educated.
1: I love that.
0: As you figured out, he doesn't seem to be a nice guy. And as you might expect, this holds true in other areas of his life. So months before the layoffs, he had insulted one of his top venture capital investors, Howard Newman, of the investment firm Pinebrook Partners. Um, Howard Newman had written a letter expressing his concerns about new plans that the company had to go public. And Garg responded in an email copying almost all of better.com's 70 investors, calling Howard Newman sewage, an ingrate, a thug, and a miser. Better.com employees told Motherboard that Garg's treatment of Newman was characteristic of his management style, which they described as unpredictable and sometimes vindictive. His reputation goes back to at least 2020 when Forbes revealed the contents of an email to employees from Garg. This is my favorite. He he writes it almost in all caps. He says, hello, wake up better team. You are too damn slow. You are a bunch of dumb dolphins. (laughs) 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 Dumb dolphins get caught in nets and eaten by sharks. So stop it. Stop it. Stop it right now. You are embarrassing me. So Garg received a $25 million bonus that year. Last September, a better executive sent an email congratulating his team on a positive quarter. Happy Friday, the executive wrote. We've helped save our customers collectively millions. But Garg was annoyed by this. Um, he pointed out that in his opinion, the customer experience was still lacking and his employees weren't pressing a title insurance partner hard enough. He said, you need, he, I guess he emailed, he emailed in response to the email from his uh, executive and said, you need to press your partner to the point of breaking, then break them. Break them. Please share the aggressive, I am going to break you tactics. And then he sent another email saying, punish them. Punish them like they just stole candy from your little sister. And until you fight for the customer, you aren't getting my love. So a little creepy. I weird. think he's
1: hysterical. If he was my boss, I would <laughs> like I wouldn't last in that company at all. But well, the, the, I just love that.
0: The most egregious thing he did was um, in a deposition in 2019. He told his first business partner Raza Khan, who was once the best man at his wedding, that he was quote going to staple him against a fucking wall and burn him alive.
1: My favorite,
0: <laughs> absolute favorite. He later apologized. I mean, yeah, yeah. Of course, I mean. I mean, it's really unnecessary to apologize if you're going to be that, you know, creative <laughs> in a deposition. <laughs> God. So as a result of the handling of the layoffs in December, the digital company, mortgage company's board of directors said in an email that Vishal Garg was, quote, taking time off effective immediately and that they had also hired an outside firm to do a leadership and cultural assessment. Um, Garg, however, was reinstated in January after what the company called a thorough review of its culture. So I don't know. I I did some research um, to see what has happened since with Better.com. And in April, um, there was a video uh, that came out in which Garg was was, uh, shown saying, we are going to be leaner, meaner, and hungrier going forward. We will not spend time trying to raise capital. We will not be spending time focused on what investors think. We will be spending time grinding this business forward in what will likely be a bloodbath in the mortgage industry in the next year or two. Today. Wow. Today, we acknowledge that we overhired and hired the wrong people. And in doing that, we failed. I failed. I was not disciplined over the past 18 months. We made $250 million last year. And you know what? We probably pissed away $200 million. We probably could have made more money last year and been leaner, meaner, and hungrier. TechCrunch said, the video reveals what many former employees have described. Leadership that comes across as arrogant in its approach, expressing a cutthroat attitude when it comes to layoffs and admitting the mismanagement of financial and human capital. And one company told, uh, one source told TechCrunch that the company's burn rate is so high, there will probably not be enough to operate on past December 2022 without additional funding. So since our episode aired uh, in December of last year, Better.com had three additional layoffs affecting thousands of workers. The most recent was in August, while they've been still hiring expensive executives And most recently, I don't know exactly when, it was not that long ago, but they lived up to their reputation of screwing up layoffs by leaking a list containing the names of some people who would be let go. This reportedly led to those employees being immediately terminated three days early, according to a blind post and information provided by some of those affected workers. Additionally, the company is said to have rolled out a new leave absence policy that dramatically reduces the amount of leave teams members are eligible for. So he's still screwing everyone over at his company. I mean, it doesn't
1: sound like he's learned anything from his apologies. It definitely sounds like it's business as usual.
0: I mean, he's still making tons of money. Why should he change his attitude or his approach? Um, So his apology... Uh, initially in December, said... um, It's a letter that he uh, posted on the company's website. said, Team, I want to apologize for the way I handled the layoffs last week. I failed to show the appropriate amount of respect and appreciation for the individuals who were affected and for their contributions to better. I own the decision to do the layoffs, but in communicating it, I blundered the execution. In doing so, I embarrassed you. I realized that the way I communicated this news made a difficult situation worse. I am deeply sorry and am committed to learning from this situation and doing more to be the leader that you expect me to be. At Better, your dedication, focus, and expertise are essential in the vital work we are doing to unlock the value, joy, and opportunity of homeownership for our customers across the country. I couldn't be more grateful for all you are accomplishing for the customers we serve. We will talk more at our upcoming All Hands meeting about what to expect for the year ahead. I hope you'll join me for the discussion. We are also taking fast steps to make sure we are very transparent and aligned as a company on the goals for 2022, the metrics that matter most, and how we can all work together even better to serve our customers and achieve our mission. I believe in you. I believe in better. And I believe that working together, we can make homeownership better together. Thank you, Vishal.
1: You know, I've got to say, I absolutely agree with your assessment that this guy has made all of his millions by being an asshole Mm -hmm. and nothing he says is ever going to change that because he is rewarded for being an asshole Yes, with more money.
0: Yes. And I I think that he is a success in spite of being an asshole, Yeah, but his success also now allows him to continue to be an asshole. And at some point it's going to turn around on him and he's no longer going to be allowed to be an asshole. And his, his, um, his attitude will backfire on him, and as uh, some of the employees were saying, if they don't have enough money to operate past December, it might be sooner than he expects. Um, but I did rate this apology a zero, and the reason that I rejected this apology was because it was clearly written by someone else, which is not uncommon, but it is absolutely the opposite of what you would expect from Vichelgarg, and uh, therefore it is, it's actually—it's not heartfelt, it's not honest, It's not from him, and it is a failure. Um, Some of the, if if we looked at the apology itself, it's not a terrible apology. There were uh, things like expressions of regret, acknowledgement of responsibility, declaration of repentance, offer of repair, Um, but he still does not really explain the the. The source of the problems they were having, Uh, he did say that he blundered the execution of the layoffs, uh, but he didn't really explain what went wrong, and there was no real request for forgiveness. But no matter what, the apology gets a zero, because it was clear that it's not from him. So it's a a failure as an apology.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that's why it's one of our 100 worst apologies.
1: (laughs) Despite the fact that he is a really creative swearer, and yeah, yeah dumb dolphins who get caught in nets dumb and dolphins. eaten by sharks, <laughs> <The best. laughs> who knew that sharks use nets to catch dolphins? You dumb who dolphins!
0: Knew, who knew that sharks eat dolphins? I don't they, know. If they I mean, not.
1: They I don't know. I think. <laughs> wait, isn't it that like a dolphin can beat up a shark? That if you're swimming with dolphins, that means there's no sharks around. I think that's a thing. Maybe. Um, I want to say if you see dolphins, that's like, that's good news. Um, That's good. Except dolphins do try and mate with human beings. Right. That's
0: always a problem when you're swimming with dolphins. Well, when you're (laughs) as sexy
1: as we are, that's always a problem whenever you venture out into nature. I
0: actually can't swim with dolphins, it's just too much of a problem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't go camping because all the deer flirt with Uh. me.
0: So what have you got for one of our
1: worst apologies? Well, I did not do... I I did differently from you, right? Okay. And so I, I think this is okay because you actually did a very thorough review and update and I just grabbed the apologies and, and did some stuff. So okay. um, so for our first one, I will um, revisit Chrissy Teigen. Mm. Um, I gave her a four. You Ooh. gave her a zero for her apology. Yours was based on... Uh, On sincerity She didn't feel sincere to you I gave her four because I think she's so cool She really did a shitty thing It was awful (laughs) (laughs) But in re-listening to that episode It was like Yeah, I think I let my fanboy Sort of help Weigh that Apology more in her favor So, you know, probably it really was like a one Um, Okay, so For those who don't recall. Um, Chrissy Teigen, who is a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model and married to John Legend, um, had a, was building a, a life brand, sort of a lifestyle brand. Those, those are the words I'm looking for. Um, and it came out that a number of years ago, she had uh, cyberbullied a 16-year-old girl who had married a man who was considerably older than her, and Tegan had sent some direct messages to Chrissy, uh, sorry, not Chrissy Stodden. Um, Courtney. Courtney, thank you. Oh my gosh, I was really blanking on on their first name. Um, and so the the tweets were things like, take a dirt nap, I hope you die. I mean, they were they were pretty awful things to mm-hmm. say. And what was worse is that uh, Chrissy Tegan was probably 10 years older. So Chrissy Tegan was in her... Um, 20s, mid to late 20s, uh, cyberbullying a teenage um, girl at the time. Um, was uh, um, uh
0: famous at the time?
1: She was. She had okay. uh, been voted uh, swimsuit Sports Illustrated swimsuit model of the year. Okay. Right. Okay. But but just famous in that realm. She had not yet yeah. married John Legend, okay. um, and was not yet building her lifestyle brand, trying to be the next Martha Stewart. So all of that came out, and Chrissy Teigen um, tweeted her apology, and it reads, Not a lot of people are lucky enough to be held accountable for all their past bullshit in front of the entire world. I'm mortified and sad at who I used to be. I was in an insecure, attention-seeking troll. I'm ashamed and completely embarrassed at my behavior, but that is that is nothing compared to how I made Courtney feel. I have worked so hard to give you guys joy and be beloved, and the feeling of letting you down is nearly unbearable, truly. These were not my only mistakes, and surely won't be my last. As hard as I try, but God, I will try. Double exclamation point. Mm -hmm. I have tried to connect with Courtney privately, but since I publicly fueled all this, I want to also publicly apologize. I'm so sorry, Courtney. I hope you can heal no knowing how deeply sorry I am. And I am so sorry I let you guys down. I will forever work on being better than I was 10 years ago, one year ago, six months ago. Full stop. Um, Courtney Stodden said, I accept her apology and forgive her, but the truth remains the same. I have never heard from her or her camp in private. In fact, she blocked me on Twitter. All of me wants to believe this is a sincere apology, but it feels like a public attempt to save her partnerships with Target and other brands who are realizing her wokeness is a broken record. So um, Chrissy Teigen did lose a partnership with Target Mm. and um, a couple of other projects that were in the works either collapsed or were put on hold, and uh, she retired from Twitter for a period of three weeks and then came back. But she's been real low key. She's still on Twitter. She's still tweeting, but everything's very dialed down. Mm-hmm. Um so I have her reworked apology. Mm-hmm. And I think cool. that this and I took her I took her apology and then I pulled out the bits that didn't work. Mm-hmm. And then I had to add a lot because it was like what what would Juliet need in order to rate this (laughs) higher than a zero, right? So here's what I have. I'm mortified and sad at my behavior, but that is nothing compared to how I made you feel, Courtney. I want to publicly apologize to you. I'm so sorry, Courtney. When I tweeted those horrible sentiments to you, I was fearful that my own fame would be short-lived, and by beating you down, I felt that I was better than you. I did not realize that at the time, but I can see it now. I bullied a child and there is no excuse for justification for that. If you would be willing to meet with me, I would like to apologize to you in person and ask for your forgiveness. However, I can understand that you may have no interest in meeting with me in person or in my apology. I will not ever again say mean or hurtful things to people. I do not know. IRL, I tried to keep it real Tegan. So <laughs> she seems like a person who would say I R L. Um, a contribution in your name has been made to the Trevor Project, a suicide prevention helpline for LGBTQIA kids. Further, I would like to discuss partnering with you on an anti bullying campaign where we could both take this painful moment and help others. The ball is in your court, Stodd, and we all know you know what to do with balls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that so hard, uh, oh, it was so laugh. good up until then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Obviously, that was Obviously, a moving, touching, gracious apology, and then uh, then it sort of fell apart at the end. <laughs> I added that last bit in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and so, um, so Chrissy Teigen, as I said, has been real quiet and just sort of tweeting and doing her thing, but not. Not as much in the news as she was um, prior because she was all over the place. Um, and that's part of the reason why Stodden broke the story about the direct messages was Chrissy Teigen was holding herself up as this amazing entrepreneurial uh, lifestyle yeah. brand builder. And yeah. Stodden wanted people to know that, like, this is not all the truth there, guys. Um, and so Tegan is back in the news recently. Um, she had tweeted that um, she in the past had suffered a miscarriage, um, but it turns out that it actually was an abortion and uh, she was heartbroken and grateful all at once for that experience. But it took her over a year to realize that the procedure that she uh, underwent that induced a miscarriage was technically an abortion. Um, Tegan spoke in an event, uh, about three weeks ago, uh, in regards to the 2020 loss of her child saying, let's just call it what it was. It was an abortion. Um, it was an abortion to save my life for a baby that had absolutely no chance. And to be honest, I never, ever put that together until actually a few months ago, Tegan and legend have two children. Um, and in an August 3rd Instagram post, she announced that she was pregnant again. Of course, once that story broke, comments appeared online that attacked Tegan. Comments included, sorry you lost your child, but stop milking that story. Another person said, someone is trying to stay relevant, I can see. Uh. And someone else said, she was in her drunk days when she made that decision. Tegan posted screenshots of the hateful comments directed at her and wrote, I knew this would happen and honestly... I've seen you do your worst. So if this makes you feel better, great. It doesn't make me feel worse, though. Tegan added, "This isn't like the Daily Mail or something." By the way, it's the Glamour magazine comment thread. Brutal. Huh. And so, uh, so yes, uh, I think that um, Chrissy Tegan's apology was very much a PR move to uh-huh. Chrissy Stodden. A way it is not Chrissy Stodden. Sorry, Courtney Stodden. A way to save her lifestyle brand, yeah. and that the apology was—it um, was sincere in that Chrissy was sorry that she looked so bad. Right, but yeah, it it really wasn't an apology to Stodden. It was an apology to her fans for yeah. having been a dick, and so, <sighs> so on that front, I think we can say. Um, I really should not have given her a four. It should have been like a one. Maybe or a zero. A zero. Yeah, or or a zero. I should have been should have been in agreement with you, but I was not. I dared to run counter to your how dare your you. logic. Yeah. Okay. So balls in your court, Juliet.
0: <laughs> okay. So we have we have taken on a lot of apologies, um, a hundred at least, uh, in this um web. Podcast uh,
1: series. Whatever we are. Yeah. Whatever
0: we are. Um, and I looked at for the 100th anniversary, 100th episode, I looked at our, um, the ones that I thought, thought were either the most egregious or um, the events surrounding them were really bad. So it wasn't just like the apology itself was bad, although uh, to, to make the cut, the apology had to be bad, but the um, events surrounding it had to be bad too. So for my second um, bad apology, Of the episode, I have chosen um, the uh, Sunset Mesa funeral directors in Montrose, Colorado, uh, which information for which I took out of a New York Times article and a Reuters series on the body trade. And we did this episode, uh, we did this issue uh, back in July of 2022. And Megan Hess, uh, who is the operator of a Colorado funeral home called Sunset Mesa Funeral Directors in Montrose, Colorado, was accused of stealing body parts and selling them to medical and scientific buyers, making hundreds of thousands of dollars. She was in charge um, of the Sunset Mesa Funeral Directors, as I mentioned, which arranged cremations, funerals, and burials. And also, she was in charge of Donor Services, which was a nonprofit body broker service, both operated from the same building. So what they did was she and allegedly her mother, Shirley Koch, offered cheap cremations. And in many cases, instead of cremating the bodies, they actually turned around and sold them for parts via the body broker. So on hundreds of occasions, the funeral home operators sold heads, torsos, arms, legs, or entire human bodies, then returned what they implied were the cremated remains of relatives to families but many families receive things like ashes from bins mixed with the remains of different cadavers, and one client even received concrete mix instead of a relative's ashes. Selling organs such as hearts, kidneys, and tendons for transplants is illegal in the United States, but the sale of cadavers and body parts for use in research or education, which is what Hess and Koch were doing, is not regulated by federal law. In most states, anyone can legally purchase body parts. So the body broker's industry business model hinges on just access to a large supply of free bodies, which often come from the poor. We had a comment from Emily Glynn, who was an intern at a similar organization called Biological Resource Center, and she wrote her senior thesis on her internship and said, over the course of the internship, I stripped subcutaneous fat from the vertebrae of a cervical spine, practiced performing cricothyrotomies, incisions to the throat, sutured dismembered legs using an oversized needle and twine and decapitated an elderly woman with what looked and sounded like a chainsaw from Home Depot not once did I receive formal training or instruction so uh, the apology in this case from Megan Hess was simply I exceeded the scope of the consent and I'm trying to make an effort to make it right which is terrible it's not even an apology um, No, there's th- it, it it's 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 appalling how bad an apology it is um i exceeded the scope of the consent for taking your loved loved one's body parts and selling them off um since then uh, in august of this year 2022 um it was reported that megan has reached a plea agreement just weeks before her trial was set to start so she's probably going to get off pretty easy um we'll see uh there there were no details about what that plea agreement were was But uh, it's probably less than she deserves. Um, And the apology, of course, gets a zero. The whole thing gets a zero. It's a terrible event and uh, a terrible business (laughs) (laughs) and a terrible, uh, what's most important, a terrible apology.
1: It's awful. And the worst part, as bad as all that is, the worst part of it is that it's perfectly legal to sell body parts. For yeah. educational purposes, yeah, and there was that story. I should have googled this the guy who bought body parts and ate them,
0: oh my God, what,
1: yeah, oh totally, yeah, and it's uh it's recent, like uh within this year he was he bought them through the legal channel Holy of buying cow. body parts online um. Let's see if I can Google man buys body parts eats. And let's see what pulls Ah! up. Um, August 22nd, 2022. um, Pennsylvania man purchased human body parts online. Let's see here. Must include the word eat. The word eat is not in there. Um, Of course, this happened in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Going down to it, a man purchasing human body parts online, according to Cumberland County's District Attorney's Office, Jeremy Polly, 40, was arrested Thursday and is charged with abuse of a corpse, receiving stolen property, and dealing in the proceeds of unlawful activities. East Penborough Township received a complaint on June 14th, and this story is, and then he got arrested in August, all right. Um, about possible human body parts being sold online on around July 8th. Police were called to his former home. Human remains were inside several buckets in the basement. Okay, so he wasn't eating them. He was selling them. The district attorney's office said that after police conducted a search warrant and seized the buckets, a forensic pathologist confirmed that the remains were human body parts. Because you don't know what an arm looks like, I guess. I don't know. According to a criminal complaint, those parts included brains, a heart, kidney, spleen, livers, lungs, and skin. Um, He purchased the remains through Facebook Messenger. I am not making that up.
0: Are you kidding me? No, I just told you. I'm not making it up. (laughs) (laughs) I still don't believe it. You're making it up.
1: Police said they obtained messages that showed Polly was attempting to purchase additional remains from a woman in Arkansas. Um, Those remains were to be shipped via the U.S. Postal Service to Pennsylvania. Um, Criminal complaint alleges the woman was stealing the body parts from a mortuary in Arkansas and shipping them to Pennsylvania for sale. The remains were determined to be the property of the University of Arkansas. Um, Let's see. The University of Arkansas for medical services spoke to News 8 station, blah, blah. An employee of the mortuary services under investigation. I mean, you guys keep up with your body parts. Oh Seriously. yes. Oh right. This is this is the guy who. Um. Uh, boy, we're we're just gonna say that I I don't even know what to do here <laughs> with uh, with the image. Um, oh no. Yeah, and so I, so I don't want to be all judgmental and be like somebody who has tattooed their face to look like a lizard and has uh, metal spikes in their are planted in their scalp um, might fall under their neighbor's radar. But I will also say that if you cast him in a movie to play himself, I would have been like, you guys, you're not even trying hard. You made him look like Satan on purpose. Wow. Yeah, so... Um, I don't like being judgmental that way, but apparently I am.
0: Huh. Interesting. Interesting and creepy. At least he wasn't eating them, but that's just gross.
1: Well, as far as we know. As far as we as know. As far as we know. Yes. Ugh. Um. Yeah, E. Okay, well, let's see. So, my turn. Your turn. And uh, I am going to revisit... Alice Siebold. Oh well. Wow. Yes, um, that probably not the worst apology of all time, but um, it did it did not rate high. So you gave um, you gave her apology a three. I gave it a four. That netted out to a three point five. So not good. But the reason I chose this one was one. I wanted to kind of follow up with what's happened. Um, Two of the players since And then also I felt like It was a pretty easy apology To clean up So um, we'll revisit The situation Alice Siebold uh, Is a successful author Who's published uh, Two bestsellers Uh Lucky Which was a memoir about uh, her sexual Assault as a teenager while At uh, at college And and the trial That uh, resulted From her um, running into her attacker on the street uh-huh. and um, convicting him, getting, getting him convicted and sent to jail, right? So, so that was lucky. And then uh, she wrote also The Lovely Bones, which is a story about a young teenage girl who is sexually assaulted and killed, and her spirit sort of watches her family struggle with her her death. Right. It was actually a really um,
0: touching book. I read it when it came out and I, I, I actually really enjoyed it. it was, oh, I thought it, it was, was gorgeous. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. It,
1: it, was, it was beautifully done. It was yeah, one it was. of those books where you read it and you're just like, wow, yep. you're an awesome writer. Um, I was not familiar with her personal backstory. No, so when I, I came it. to The Lovely Bones, it was just a story about, it was just a story, a story. right? It didn't realize the, the author's personal history. Um so, so, uh, her apology is long, and I think what I will do is read just a couple of parts of it.
0: Well, what did she do? And then,
1: oh, she oh yeah, for I'm so sorry, right? Yeah, <laughs> I just assumed that everybody listened to that episode like uh, I did. I don't
0: even remember, and, I, and just, everything's I was there fresh- and I don't remember it.
1: <laughs> so, so what happened was, um, a producer had bought the rights to her memoir, Lucky, and was filming it. And in the uh, second part of the production, which was all about the trial, the producer revisited the trial transcripts and it occurred to him that the man that was accused was innocent Uh and unjustly accused. So the producer, uh, whose name is uh, Mr. Muchanti and it looks like and is spelled like Mucanati, mm. um, which creates my new favorite joke of all time. Hi, my name's Mr. Mucanati. It's like mucus and chianti. My name oh. is like a five wine that will cling to you.
0: Oh. <laughs> awesome.
1: Thank you, Theo. Thank you for that. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. And so um, so the producer, Mr. Mucanati, proved that um, that mr. Broadwater the gentleman who had been unjustly accused of um, sexually assaulting um, Alice Siebold was innocent and had been unfairly uh, I'll use the term railroaded uh-huh. by the justice system uh-huh. and that the prosecutor had had really put his hand on the scales and kind of for didn't force but set things up in such a way that um alice Siebold firmly believed that uh mr broadwater had raped her um the prosecutor told miss Siebold during uh lineup when she came into the police station to identify her attacker out of a series of guys right um not only who Mr. Uh, Broadwater was, right? Like, okay, that guy in the center, that's the one that you, you identified, right? And the guy next to him, because she initially identified a different man from Mr. Broadwater, uh-huh. comes in and she points at a guy and she's like, "It look, I think that's a guy who did it, or "I'm no, that's a guy who did it. And that wasn't Mr. Broadwater. Uh-huh. And the prosecutor said, okay, are you sure about that? Because that's actually a friend that Mr. Broadwater brought in to try and trick you, somebody that looks a lot like him, right? Because we all know that whenever you show up for a lineup, you can bring friends with you who will stand in line, right? right? And yeah, that's totally a thing that happens. You just, (laughs) you get to determine who's in the lineup with you. Um, But Alice Siebold was an 18-year-old who just believed authority. It was the 80s. We all believed whatever the police told us that was just true because they don't lie, right? Yeah, Things have changed since then. Um, and so, uh, when it came to light that Mr. Broadwater was, uh, innocent and had not sexually assaulted Miss Siebold, um, she took to medium, which is a website where people post, I, I mean, I've, I know what medium is, but it seems like it's also gone away. Um, and so
0: I think it's still around, that, but I don't pay attention to it. So it, in I, that respect, it has gone away.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Um, so anyway, so she went to a website called medium to post and, um, it was a rather long post, uh, but she did then send a guy to inadvertently, not on purpose, but, but she did contribute to the, the unjust incarceration of a man for 16 years. And then Mm -hmm. when he was released from jail, he um, had to register, He was a registered sex offender, and so it's just followed him for the rest of his life. Um, and she starts off by saying, First, I want to say that I am truly sorry to Anthony Broadwater, and I deeply regret what you have been through. I am most sorry of all for the fact that the life you could have led was unjustly robbed from you, and I know that no apology can change what happened to you and never will. Of the many things I wish for you, I hope most of all that you and your family will be granted time and privacy to heal. Forty years ago, as a traumatized 18-year-old rape victim, I chose to put my faith in the American legal system. And the apology goes on um, for a couple more paragraphs where she talks about um, her feelings and how awful all of this is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and she says, she concludes with, throughout my life I've always tried to act with integrity and to speak from a place of honesty and so I state here clearly that I will remain sorry for the rest of my life that while pursuing justice through the legal system, my own misfortune resulted in Mr. Broadwater's unfair conviction for which she has served not only 16 years behind bars, but in ways that further serve to wound and stigmatize nearly a full life sentence. Um, and so it was, a, it was a difficult apology for us to work through and, and come up with a rating simply because what happened to her and that she was in many ways, a much as much a victim of the legal system as Mr. Broadwater. But at the end of the day, the fact that she initially identified another man as her attacker and then Mm -hmm. corrected her identification on the basis of what the prosecutor told her in the room during the lineup Um, even though she was 18, 19 years old, maybe should have given her a moment's pause to say, okay, well, I was positive that guy number five is the attacker. And now you're telling me that it is number four. So maybe I don't know.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. But that's
1: also a lot to ask of an 18 year old who's standing in a room with a prosecutor who wants a conviction because they want this case to close. It sure. doesn't help the situation that Mr. Broadwater was a black man and that Alice Seabold was a white teenager. Yeah. Um, okay. So I reworked that apology. There's no joke in it because uh, this you know, <laughs> was not one that that really just, that would have been in poor taste. So, <laughs> so the clean reworking of her apology. I'm truly sorry to Anthony Broadwater and I deeply regret my role in contributing to what you have been through. I am sorry the life you could have led was unjustly robbed from you. No apology can change what happened to you and never will. Forty years ago, I helped to perpetuate injustice and forever and irreparably altered a young man's life. Mr. Broadwater has finally been vindicated, but the fact remains that I helped brutalize a young black man through our legal system. I will forever be sorry for what was done to him and the role that I played. I am only now beginning to comprehend what... I did to Mr. Broadwater, and I will continue to struggle with the role I played within a system that sent an innocent man to jail. I will remain sorry for the rest of my life that while pursuing justice for my own misfortune, I helped to unfairly convict Mr. Broadwater and allow him to suffer not only 16 years behind bars, but to suffer freedom from jail in ways that further serve to wound and stigmatize, calling him to endure a full life sentence. Still not a a great apology but That's great You should
0: write Apologies for a living
1: Well it's funny Because I have A podcast about them um, <laughs> But But Because Her initial apology Was so well written um, It just felt like Let's take out the bits That, that weren't there or, Take out all the bits About me And my feelings Yeah And really focus on On what happened um, Now Broadwater Accepted her first apology um, And we put him In the pantheon Of gracious apology acceptances, Yes, um, Broadwater said, I'm relieved that she has apologized. It, has, it must have taken a lot of courage for her to do that. It's still painful to me because I was wrongfully convicted, but this will help me in my process to come to peace with what happened. How, I mean, how amazing.
0: That's great. So
1: Mr. Mukinati, who um, apparently had also gone to jail for bigamy and white-collar crime in some oh complicated God. system... You're the one that told me about that. I, I had no that. idea. <laughs>
0: I vaguely remember this.
1: It was something about trading something for chickens in Hong Kong. And it was like one of those commodity swaps where it's like, uh, this wasn't it. But I'm going to buy 10 barrels of gravel. And we're going <laughs> to trade those for 40,000 chickens. <laughs> and then we're going to sell those chickens in a place where they eat chickens. Right? Wow. And so, yeah. So he went to jail. He was convicted for all that. Um, and your point was that Mr. Muconati, um also was in jail, but he came out of jail with enough cash to be able to produce a film, whereas Mr. Broadwater came out of jail and was forever just sort of on the margins of society. Uh, so, Although Broadwater did marry and is happily married, right? Good. And all that Mr. Broadwater wants out of life is a small farm um, and peace and quiet. Right, right. right. And so... Right. So, great. Um, So, Mr. Muconati uh, was fired slash quit, depending on which news source you want to look at, Mm -hmm. from the uh, movie production of um, Lucky, the Mm -hmm. memoir. And he has started um, production on a documentary called Unlucky, which (laughs) will look at uh, Mr. Broadwater's experience, Uh and that is currently in production. And, uh, there's some, it's not really, they're, they're building buzz for it in Twitter. Uh And so, um, there's a, there's an image of a path going through a field heading to some woods and it looks like a beautiful sort of summer afternoon. Mm -hmm. And the path is, is not very well trodden, but you can see it through the Mm -hmm. grass. And, uh, the text says, how can you tell when a path isn't safe when you live in a world where walking freely as a woman is dangerous, mm-hmm. right? And so that has my attention because it is is—it is not going to... It, what am I trying to say other than um, it is going to deal with the the realities around sexual assault? This is not all um oh Alice Sebold did bad and she's horrible but more I think a a holistic view of the situation. Um in February of this year Anthony Broadwater has filed a 50 million dollar wrongful conviction lawsuit against wow. New York State. Good for him. Yes and Good let us him. hope that
0: uh he is successful.
1: That he wins. It certainly doesn't seem like it'll be hard for him to prove.
0: Yeah, really so okay our our best wishes go out to him
1: absolutely and there we are our 100th episode
0: yeah that's it uh 100 uh, episodes almost done um almost done almost done we'll do 100 more before we give up Um, okay
1: I was like, if you've got a magic number in your head, like 105, and I'm calling it quits. That's right. Let me me know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But yeah, so with 100 episodes, we are now in the top 1% of all podcasts. Are we? Because 50% of all podcasts do 14 episodes or less.
0: Wow. I didn't know that. That's not very many. So we've stuck it out this long and uh, enjoyed every second of it. And uh, we'll keep it up as long as we can stand it. Exactly. (laughs) So thanks, everybody. Um, We'll be back next week with a fascinating, exciting episode on how to apologize and how not to apologize. And with that, stay cool, cucumbers.
1: Bye, everyone.
0: Bye.